It's time for Cubicle Insanity. I've got Kim here with me, and I'm Tammy. We're back together again to talk a little about that which we love, corporate America, and the craziness that ensues in cubicles in all types of offices across the globe. Our podcast is a discussion about the real insanity from cubicles in the workplaces, from leadership and leaders to experiences with life in the cubicles. Let's get into our latest cubicle insanity. Let's go. Okay, Kim. Do you have any simple rules of good leaders? I do. In oh fact, my gosh. I read an article. So, so listeners, you know, in episode 32, we found out that Tammy is a rule follower. And in one of the more recent ones, we found out rule follower with curbs. Right. Curbs. I, mean, I, I don't want to, like be confined too much. Kim. Yeah. So let's see if she follows these rules or what Tammy thinks of these, of, of them. I, I do love rules. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, this article is written by one of the most dynamic leaders. I think he was called the business leader of the century. I, I, there was all kinds of accolades. Uh, Jack Walsh. Jack. So, um, so he's, he's written a quick article, eight rules. So here they are. First one, leaders relentlessly upgrade their team using every encounter as an opportunity to evaluate, coach, and build confidence. He says people development should be a daily event integrated into every aspect of your on, of your regular goings on. Thoughts. I love it because you know what? Um, when you think about like performance management, it makes people uncomfortable. We've talked about this before. Right. It's nerve wracking. Yeah. And it shouldn't be because you should know going into any sort of conversation what the, what the good, bad, and the ugly already is, you know? Yeah. But yet it's a very stressful situation. So if you're doing it in, in every moment, it's just who you are. It's how you operate as a team. I think that's amazing. Now you're not like going, oh, Kim, remember uh, six months ago right. when you did that really horrible thing? Mm-hmm. And then your eyes bulge out going, I can't believe they're bringing this up right now. Right. But if you're doing it all the time, it you don't even have to think of it as like a an event or a course correct because it just becomes natural. Yeah. The thing that uh, I found interesting about this is um, that leaders, so when I think about leaders in this context, I'm thinking about your manager, right? Or your boss's boss Mm -hmm. should always be evaluating. What's funny is that's the rap that HR always gets is, oh, HR is always evaluating, yeah, you know what? Right? right. I didn't think of it that way, but you're right. And yeah, it is true as a business partner, yeah. you are always evaluating so you can help your leader think through their evaluation. Mm-hmm. Or how are they going to meet their goals with these right. resources that they have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was kind of interesting. Okay. Uh, second rule. So you're in agreement with rule number one. Oh, you you would follow that rule? I love that rule. Okay, okay. I wish we all treated each other that way. Yeah, okay. Not just people leaders. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. 
be able to provide feedback to each other. Oh, did you say feedback? I didn't say it was a gift. <laughs> I think you should uh, give feedback, yeah. but I don't think it's always a gift. No. But like, I mean, just to say, hey, Kim, great job. Or, oh, you know what? Hey, Kim, you know, I I saw you do your presentation. You know, here's an idea. You could you right. work in or, you know, like, yeah. Um, or gosh, Kim, I, you know, I'd love to be part of what you're working on. Like if we did those things in the moment all the time, I love it. Like right. we'd be yeah. so happy. Yeah. Okay. Rule number two. Yeah. Leaders make sure not only, wait, leaders make sure people not only see the vision, but they also live and breathe it. Sharing your vision as a leader can in itself bring about the motivation your teams to accomplish the most difficult of assignments. No doubt about it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you have to constantly be reminding people of what the vision is. And I think leaders that don't constantly um, live it, breathe it, they get lost and their vision changes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they may not be aware. Right. They get leadership vertigo. Oh, geez. That's a book. <laughs> that really? It is. By Max, uh, Max Brown? Max, no. Oh, shoot. Uh, I'll think of his name. Max. Gladwell. Max is his uh, first name. Anyway, uh, I'll find the name. Okay. Um, Get your gooks out. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't do this at the same time. I'm conflicted. <laughs> I can't talk about rules and do the Google. I, I, you know, uh, so, um, but it, it's true. I think, you know, if you don't con constantly remind yourself and others of what the vision is, there's a tendency to stray or you change your vision. And then three minutes later, you're changing your vision to something else. Mm -hmm. Well, so. we talk about employee engagement all the time. And... We all want to know that we're contributing to the bigger success of the organization. Yeah. And so if you're living and breathing this mission, this strategy, right alongside with your leader, then it it feels good. It feels like you're adding value. Where if you don't know if your leader is, you know, still supporting or still on the same page, well, then you lose a little bit of your gusto. Yeah. Yeah. And Leadership Vertigo, the book is Max Brown. It is Max Brown. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's an interesting book. We'll, we'll discuss it at some point. <laughs> For another day. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're you're good with number two? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like number one better, but number okay. two is very, so, it's critical. Well, yeah. number one is probably number one for a reason, right? Ooh. Okay. Amen. Okay. Yeah. All right, rule number three. Uh, <laughs> leaders get into everyone's skin exuding positive energy and optimism yes nothing brings down the morale of a team more than an unenthusiastic or a disengaged leader debbie downers we've talked about your job is to be part coach and part cheerleader yes but you know what i'm gonna say is like some people would um maybe interpret that as um you know, like, I'm trying to come up with an example, but like, you know, like a leader that walks around like all smiling and high-fiving and whatever, but that's not, that's not what it is. Superficial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's not what it is. Yeah. It is someone who is genuinely positive about where the organization is going. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they laugh and giggle and whatever all this Right. Mean. It just means that you can tell 
that they're so genuine about it. So, yeah. but I love that because, but the other thing, like, so you said, you know, that they're, um, they're exuding this and that they're, you know, um, sort of, uh, portraying that optimism. But what I'm going to also say is they, I think what that means is they won't, they don't dwell on the things that are not going to make them successful. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is where fear comes into an organization. So if you know that your leader is genuine and that they are optimistic and, you know, doing one and two as well, I think the fear is, it, you know. Uh, it kind of subsides. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I was just talking about that today on a on a call about. Um, I, I currently have a leader in my organization that everything is like, oh, you know, those are big goals. I'll never be able to do it. You don't understand the market. You know, it's not going to work. No, no, no. And I'm like, where is your can-do attitude? Like, yeah, yeah these are big goals. They're mm-hmm. stretch goals. But let's give it a shot. Let's see what we can do. We may not make it. Let's be realistic, right? But let's give it a shot. Yeah. Why not try to come up with a plan to meet that goal? Yeah. There's a saying. Oh, here I go again. I know there's some cliche. Are you going to put a skunk on a table again? Let's put the skunk on the table. Uh, No, that's not the right one. It's the one like, shoot for the moon, you might hit a star. Shoot for the star, you might hit the moon. Come on. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, like, I mean, positivity, and I, not giggles and whatever, but positivity catches on. Mm-hmm. And the minute somebody, if any of the, the uh, folks that work for this people leader you're talking about, if they heard even a hint of that in his voice. Her. Her. That would crush the group. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like. Oh, our leader doesn't believe that we can do that goal. Yeah. So I guess. Well, as a result, the whole team is kind of down. They're like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't know how, you know, you talk to them and they're like, yeah, I don't know how we're going to make it. Completely disengaged. I'm like, oh my God, we got a team of yours. (laughs) We need a few tiggers. Come on, guys. Yeah. All right, so you're you're you like three. I do. All right, so we're on a roll. So far, roll. so far, you like the rules. I do. I, okay. I'm into it. Yep. All right, we're halfway there. We we're at make ru- a sign. We're at rule number four. Halfway. Okay. Leaders establish trust with candor, transparency, and credit. Oh gosh. When leaders hoard information, it drain. You know, he talks about some of the benefits and stuff, but he says. Drains trust right out of the team when they hoard the information. And trust happens when leaders are transparent, candid, and keep their words. Leaders uh, establish trust by giving credit where it is due. Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, my gosh. The information hoarder, whether it's a leader or a coworker, mm-hmm. nightmare. Yes. Absolute nightmare. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And if that, you know, the thing about, so this establishing trust and like even the transparency, like, oh my gosh, like that is so key because I almost think about it this way is not only 
am I going to be transparent about like what's going on? I might, and I and I love when leaders do this when they're like, okay, so this announcement hasn't gone out yet, but I'm going to tell it to you today. Come on, that builds trust like nobody's yeah, business. Yeah. Yep. Are leaders willing to share a secret with us? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, that's just they're not withholding. Yeah. They're not hoarding that information. They're put like, and of course they're doing it in what is appropriate to sh- what secrets are appropriate to share. There's something mm-hmm. obviously that are not, mm-hmm. and we have to respect that. But just to put a few nuggets out there like that, to be that open to say this is it, or even to say you know what. There's a lot of change going on, and I mean, our ultimate goal is still this. But right now, I you know, we n- may not be able to see through this change. It feels overwhelming. Right. But this is still our goal. We're yeah. still we're still going towards yep. this, and so trust makes people feel part of the group. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I had a leader, um, HR leader, who. We get all kinds of confidential, sensitive information. And I don't mean like confidential information, like somebody's salary. That, yeah. But like, you know, hey, we're going to acquire this company or, mm-hmm. you know, this person's going to leave. We're going to promote that person, whatever it might be, that type of confidential, because it's not public information yet. Um, and he'd always send it to his HR team, you know, and it would clearly say, do not forward, do not share, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And one day I asked him about this and I'm like, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable because you're sending this and I'm not doing anything, you know, I'm not sharing it beyond any, you know, beyond me, but I, I'm, I'm just a little uncomfortable getting this information. And he's like, why? I trust you. He said, I trust my whole team. You guys are HR. If I can't share this information with you. Why are you working for me? Right. That's exactly what he said. And his team, I mean, this, he was a very loved leader, loved, not in a weird, creepy way, but right, right. like loved, beloved, beloved yes. And um, mm-hmm. we all hated to see him retire. Yeah. Yeah. Trust is a huge thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And you don't like trust. Um, I mean, even if it's freely given, it's not like it's a deep trust. So to build to that point and like. That leader, that's going to be a little bit scary because you want to believe in your team. Yeah. But, you know, there's some bad eggs out there. Yep. Yeah. So in my new role, I have started, I've done the same thing. I've Mm -hmm. shared information with the HR team and they're all like, "Um, we've never had this level of information. And I'm like, why? You should. You should know what's going on. Yeah. And I said, if I can't trust you, then then you don't belong in HR. Right. Yeah. And I and I want you to know that if I say, please don't share this, I mean, please don't share it. Right. Yeah. It's still okay that you have the information. Right. Because now as you're doing your job and your work and seeing the things that are right. happening, this is good for you to know in the back of your mind. Right. Yep. Okay, yeah. so I we're half trust. we're halfway through the list, yeah. and you're on board with oh all my four. God. Okay, so this Jack, he might be onto something. Yeah. <laughs> all right, number five: leaders have the courage to make unpopular decisions and gut calls. Mm. Listen to your gut. Tough calls spawn compliments, or yeah, compliments and resistance. 
Uh, listen and explain yourself clearly, but move forward. With the transparency, trust, and clear vision, you'll find your team will stand behind your decisions, right or wrong. I would say right or wrong as long as they're moral, ethical, and legal. Yeah. Yep, yep, right? I think that goes without saying, but yep. let's just state the obvious, yep, right? Yep. So, yeah, that's um, make the unpopular decisions, get calls. Yeah. I mean, you did mention what, like, that was rule five. You did mention, like, probably three of the other rules in the disclaimer right. there. That, you know, as long as you've got the trust and you're being transparent and you've got the vision, people will still get behind you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also have the have the courage to make the unpopular decision. Like, if this isn't working, call it. Pivot. Yeah, absolutely. We So, Kim, you'll have to remind me. We talked about one time... This was just such a, a bit of a eye-opening discussion we had on an earlier podcast about basically uh, if the organization like needs to change, then probably the leader needs to change. Yes. And I can't remember. I, I think it was maybe a book report. I might have to do a little research to remember exactly. Leadership flow. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. Croft Edwards. Yes. Yes. I think so. Yes. And, um, our buddy Croft. That, yeah, that was, he was so enjoyable. Um, it's, it's, in a way, it's so obvious. But, like, if you've been in that situation in your organization and leaders get exited Mm -hmm. and new ones come in, it's such a huge change. It's like all of these things that you just talked about, you have to rebuild all of this. Right. And it's so painful, even sometimes. And it's scary. And all, like so many things, but that's a hugely unpopular decision. Mm-hmm. But if the organization is not achieving success like it should be, maybe you, you know, you have to make that unpopular decision. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Number six, uh, leaders probe and push with curi- with a curiosity that borders on skepticism. Make sure their questions are answered with actions. Um, he says, when a leader, when you're a leader, your job is to have all the questions. You have to be incredibly comfortable looking like the dumbest person in the room. Every conversation you have about a decision, a proposal, or a piece of market information has to be filled with you saying, what if, and why not, and how come. Challenging your employees is a, is an art, not a science. Leaders um, your job as a leader is to get your, the best without diminishing their productivity. Use example of a leader just saying no. It, it, it shuts people up. Yeah. And in a way, by asking questions and challenging the group, what a great way to show trust. Because mm-hmm. you're not dictating. You're not saying, right. oh, you have to listen to me and all my great ideas. Right. But I hired you to, I hired you to think. Another thing we've talked right. about. I hired you to yeah. think. And I trust that you're going to come up with yeah. the right actions. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you questions. It might make you a little uncomfortable. Right. But I'm going to push you a little bit so that we get to that success. Right. Mm-hmm. But as a leader, you're also the spark. Ooh. Beth. Beth Comstock. Yeah. Imagine it forward. Yeah. So as a leader, I think part of what he's saying here is you have to be the spark versus the person that they always look to for just the answer. 
Because, Kim, those, we've been there where you are sitting in that room and everybody in the room is looking to the leader, looking to the boss. Right. To say, oh, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. When you're like, we're all really smart adults right. here. Yeah. Can't we come up yeah. with something to do? Why do we be told yeah. what to do? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you're on board with six. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we're on a roll. Let's see, if we, yeah, yeah. let's see if we can keep it going because you like them so far. Okay, three quarters of the way through. Um, for those of you doing math. Uh, okay, because <laughs> we know Tammy likes math and I, she thinks math is fun. <laughs> I like math and rules. They go together, honestly. Yes, they do. And you think both are fun, so okay. I do. Okay, uh, leaders inspire risk-taking and learning by setting the example. Ooh. Now, Tammy, what do you think my phrase is going to be? Um, it's going to be something like, um, oh, it's right here on the tip of my tongue. Leadership is demonstrated, not announced. Oh. Demonstrated. I couldn't come up with the word. Yeah. So embrace risk-taking and learning. Leaders set the example. Encourage team members to experiment without afraid of making mistakes. So again, leaders inspire risk-taking and learning by setting the example. So I think, you know, like I said, leadership by um, leadership is demonstrated. So I think if you as a leader are taking risks, whether it's on people or a project, I think that gets people comfortable with taking risks as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. And it encourages them. And then you learn from the the failures or the successes. Um, yeah, because we all know those, we've had those bosses that are risk adverse. Yes. And so you feel like you have to tiptoe around a little bit, you know. Oh, well, did you think about this? Oh, this right. could happen. Yeah. Oh, what about? And you get into the analysis paralysis. Yeah. And you can't move. Yeah. Because you just don't want to. That leader, you know, is going to be questioning every little thing. Right. So then there goes that opportunity. Yeah. All right. So you're on board with seven. So the last and final rule. Let's see. Oh, if, it's going to be bad. Let, let's see if you. Right. Uh, uh, no. It. Hey, where's the positive thinking? Oh my right. God. Okay. Yeah. We can do this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number eight. Leaders celebrate. Yeah. Leaders don't celebrate enough. Celebrating makes people feel like winners and creates an atmosphere of recognition and positive energy. Many, many be- leaders believe celebrating small victories lead to complacency. Nothing could be further from the truth. I'm going to totally agree with this, and I'm going to make the analogy of if you think about, you know, maybe if you've had a small child in your life, and, like, when they... Uh, you know, are learning to walk, like adults literally sit around and cheer mm-hmm. if if this small child just is able to stand, not holding on to anything. Mm-hmm. Like they go wild. Maybe one step, two steps before the, the plop on the floor. Oh my gosh, like amazing. Everyone is cheering and ooing and eyeing. That child is so encouraged to try to get back up and do it right. again. But we become adults, and I think part of the problem with being an adult is we struggle to celebrate other people's successes mm-hmm. because uh, is it jealousy, is it competition, that in a way, does it reflect poorly on us 
if we're celebrating what somebody else did. And it's hard for people to be happy for somebody else that they had something good happen. Yeah. And they had a little win. I don't know why. I don't know when that happens to us in life. But as adults, we do struggle to celebrate for each other. Yeah. But yet we want other people to celebrate what we did. Right. Yep. Absolutely. But it's hard to do it for someone else. Yeah. Okay. So those are the eight rules. You agree with them all. I do. Do you follow them all? Oh, my gosh. Um... I'm going to say I try. Yeah. I probably fall prey to, you know, uh, being um, maybe either more focused on myself or uh, mired down in, you know, being busy, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think sometimes we, I, allow myself to take focus off of these types of things to get work done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I try to follow them. Uh, probably number eight, celebrate the small things yeah. is probably the one that I do the least. Um, but I certainly have a lot of work to do on all of them. Um, okay, so, but if you do number one, which was uh, the people development all the time, mm-hmm. in a way you're you're doing number eight, you're celebrating. Yeah. Because to me, a celebration could even be like, hey, great job presenting on that call today. Yeah, that's true. It, they start to, uh, when you build it into like it becoming sort of your natural tendency. Mm-hmm. In your they, DNA, yep. Yeah, then it, I mean... They sort of play on each other a little bit. Yeah. And I would say these eight things, these eight rules, should be part of your cultural DNA in an organization. Yeah, for sure. If I had to say the one that's probably the hardest is the unpopular decisions. Yeah. It's probably really the hardest to do because we all want to be liked. And, you know, you know that if you make an unpopular decision, which, I mean, honestly, at some level probably happens every day. Sure. Um. You know that there's people that are like, ah, rah, 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 you know, right. and then you're like, oh, I just don't want to put up with their this, and I'm going to get all these emails and whatever. Right. Um, so if you make an unpopular decision, you know that you have to be strong after that. And, yeah. And you have to stay with it. Right. And so I, to me, that one is probably the hardest and doesn't necessarily weave into the others. That one kind of, to me, yeah. stands out. Um I would say this for me, the second one that's probably the one that requires a little bit more effort until you become really comfortable with it. And that is the asking questions one and mm-hmm. challenging through questions and um, pushing back on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, th- we, this is put in the framework of a leader, but really, even just as a, as a team member, you can be doing these same things. But that is hard because I think leaders... And even all of us as, as team members of some nature, I mean, we do want to show that we're smart. And we do want to show that we have the greatest ideas. Right. So to turn it around and not offer that up, but rather, like, I think you said you have to be comfortable being the dumbest person in the room. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody is. So to ask the questions and, and be like, but Kim, what about whatever? And it might seem super basic and people are like, really they you don't know 
Yeah. How many times has a leader kind of done that approach and then you're like, really? They don't know? Yeah. Oh. Clearly, I'm smarter than them. I should have their job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it happens, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's why you're saying you got to be comfortable with that. Yeah. And part of that is an act, right? To be that spark. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. All right. So that's the article. You want to state the obvious? I do. Kim, okay. So great article. Great find. Um, so it was called, what was it called? The eight simple rules. Eight uh, simple rules of leadership from Jack Welch. Yes. And um, I love that they're called simple rules. Um, so we kind of, I, I was just mentioning the two that I thought would probably be the hardest, and that's the making the unpopular decisions and sort of pushing with the questions and challenging the team. But as far as like developing people all the time, awesome idea. We should yeah. all be doing that as uh, like, a, you know, a peer coaches and mentors. And, right. And we should be working that into our, our daily thing. The live and breathe of vision is so inspiring mm-hmm. when you have a leader that can do that. Yes. And so if all could shoot uh, to those heights, we wouldn't have to do employee engagement surveys anymore. Right. Exude positivity. Uh, it's contagious. Be sincere. Yes. With the positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, can I just throw this out here a little? We didn't talk about it. So I'm overstepping my stating the obvious, but fake it till you make it. Mm. I think sometimes don't be fakey fake. Be in it like this is the right thing to do. Yeah. But sometimes repetition. Yes. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. Um, the trust and transparency we talked about, to me... Huge. Huge. So huge. Um, the real interesting one you talked about was the sort of risk-taking one. Like, as a leader, sort of set that up as the culture. It's okay to take risks. Mm-hmm. It's okay to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's okay to fail. That's how we're going to learn and grow. It's yeah. okay. Um, and then celebrate everything. Yeah. Bring in cake. It's fun. True. You know? But then you always get those people, I'm on a diet. Oh, I know. Don't you have any fruit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All right, just celebrate that there's cake, okay? Yeah, just, right. Just, okay. You yeah. don't have to eat it. Uh, yeah. Just come hang yeah, out with fine. us. It's okay. fun. All right, so interesting article. Uh, thank you, Mr. Jack Welsh, for these eight quick and simple um, leadership traits. So, and thank you to our active military and our veterans. Thank you to all of our listeners, and please stay tuned for our next episode of Cubicle Insanity. <laughs>